When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up? What is up, sports fans? My name is Jake Azuski. You can call me Jake Iggy or Iggy for short. And this is Iggy's Sports Talk. So everybody is listening to the radio show either through Plymouth State University on IG Live or over any podcast outlet that you are listening to this over. I really appreciate you tuning in. If you have not yet, go over to Instagram real fast. Type in at Iggy Sports Talk and give me a follow. I'd really appreciate it. And most of the time, I broadcast all my radio shows and podcasts that I do over IG Live so I can give you guys not only an audio version, but also a video version as well. So, I'm very excited for this radio show today. And I got a jam-packed one for you. And a very exciting one for you as well. I have a very special guest, Eric Delbuano who is a podcaster for the Patriots. He is the co-host of Couch or of uh, Couch Coaches. And I then later on in the show, I have a very special guest by the name of Dennis Ackerman, who is a Raiders podcaster, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Raiders. So right now, I'm going to bring on Eric, and him and I are going to talk a little bit about what happened with the Patriots. Let me just get Eric on right now. It's waiting. It's waiting. He'll be on here in a sec. He's connecting. Hey, what's, what's going on, man? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, it sounds good. Awesome. awesome. I'm doing okay. There's a slight chance I have COVID, so I'm quarantining right now, but uh, feel pretty good. Doing, doing well. No, not, not a good situation, but got tested. I don't think I have it. It's starting to go away, so we'll be good. We'll there you be go. good. In, interestingly enough, at my college right now, uh, for, throughout the first like eight nine weeks, there was like maybe five cases, and it just jumped up to fifteen cases. Obviously, right near Halloween weekend. Oh damn! Yeah, I'm. You know what's funny is I'm pretty introverted myself, and uh, you know I have a roommate here who's a volunteer firefighter who I, I think he got sick from out there. How selfish of him to go fight fires, right? Um, and give me a, an illness, but uh, yeah, doing good. But um, Patriots wise, not good, man. Not feeling yeah. good. Yeah, it, I mean it's nice. It's nice to see the uh, six-time Super Bowl champions behind you to give me to give myself a little <laughs> bit of confidence. I mean, obviously on ESPN and everywhere on social media, the Patriots are getting so manhandled. It, it, it seems like nobody is giving them any sort of respect. Um, I want to ask you first: if there was one word that you could describe this Patriots season so far, what would it be? Oh man, that's really hard. I would say unfortunate, just because. I think a lot of people do forget. I think we do forget about what happens early in the season with all the opt-outs. And, I mean, the Cleveland Browns, I think they had five opt-outs, but the rest of the, the league was around two or three per. And the Patriots, seven out of those eight opt-outs were, I mean, they were either starting players, and the seventh was, I mean, Bolden, he was going to get some snaps too. Mix that in with a really difficult schedule, one of the worst we were going to have in years, and we lose Tom Brady. It's just, it's been tough, man. What do you think? I mean, it's it's honestly sort of, obviously not what I expected, but it, it's something where over these last 20 years, we've just been so good 
the expectations have been so high. And, and usually at this point, we're like 4-0, and 5 and, or uh, at, the, at this point, we, we would probably have only barely lost one game. But it, it's, it's something where with, with exactly like what you just explained, that's what I've been saying to people because they're like, oh, we have a losing record. And I'm like, well, we had the most COVID tests. Uh, we had the most COVID opt-outs. We had the hardest schedule in the league. We have a new quarterback. And we also had one, one point that, that like not a lot of people uh, like to bring up is we actually had the most free agency players leave. You know what I mean? Especially on defense. Yeah, there's a lot of really good players that we lost. And Jamie Collins, I think, being one of the biggest one biggest ones, Kyle Van Noy as well. But um, yeah, I mean, and I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna make excuses because I've been talking so much trash to all my friends who are not Patriots fans for a long time and they're reveling in this. I'm not gonna make excuses because I've always said, you know, next man up in that whole thing, but um it's when you're 25 million under the cap space and you lose all those guys, there's been a bunch of injuries. Um, and the hook ham who's, who's chatting below, he, he's a big offensive line guy. He, he's seen the injuries there. They're shuffling around all those players and it's going to be really difficult. And when you only practice twice in two weeks, um, it's, it's usually not going to work out for you. But again, it's just so strange with how well the Patriots played the Seahawks, man. They, they looked very exciting. And you're just thinking, this defense can carry us to a Super Bowl. I mean, we've seen worse defenses bring us to a Super Bowl. Of course, we had Tom Brady. But, I mean, even still, I, I kind of believe if you add one or two decent weapons um, that can, add, you know, run routes and get open, Cam Newton hasn't been great. But I think if you can get him into more of a rhythm, get him more comfortable and give him more options, I think that's going to be a big deal for him. So who knows what's going to happen, man? <laughs> I mean, it's something where, again, you know, the Denver loss made sense. Uh, and, and also – um, the loss before against the Chiefs made sense. I mean, I mean, both of those losses when when fans or when uh, fans of opposite teams gave me crap for that. I'm like, listen, we had we had two backups out there and we, we made it close against the Chiefs. Give give us a break. And then this past week uh, or the, the week against the Broncos, you can make the you can make the excuse that Cam only practiced three out of the 16 days he was able to. But this past loss, I mean, it's embarrassing. Yeah, that one was hard, and it's hard to make excuses for Cam and some of the throws that he made. I think we can all just remember, you know, the interception, that ball that he threw, like it seemed like 10 yards in front of that out route. But at the same time, I mean, a lot of a lot of experts are looking at film and they're looking at specific plays. And I think with any quarterback, they need to get in the rhythm. They need to have multiple options. And I think Cam is really starting to press and – and when things aren't working out and you really need to make sure that you're getting chunk plays and you really want to make something happen, I think 99% of quarterbacks are going to really press and really struggle. I think one guy who wouldn't would be Tom Brady, unfortunately, because he's used to being on some offenses that struggle. But even still, we watched him last year with a, an offense that wasn't great. And uh, when we played good defenses, Tom Brady struggled. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what to think about the future. It's going to be interesting to see if they can pull off any trades. What are you thinking about the the trade deadline? You think they're going to make a move? I can I can honestly see them making a move. Uh, obviously, always the hope, especially these last two to three years, has been a weapon like like you've been preaching about, um, mainly a tight end or a wide receiver. But honestly, I, I don't I don't know where Devin Asaasi has been. When they drafted him out of UCLA, I'm like, this kid is going to be the next Aaron Hernandez, at least his speed. He was one of the fastest tight ends I've ever seen, at least on film. Um, but I, I could obviously see them probably getting a, a mid to lower level weapon like Bill usually does. And this pro guy's probably going to come out of nowhere 
and you know it's it's going to be a no name or we're going to be like wow i guess this kid's going to be a superstar in the next two or three years but what do you think i think that's the funniest thing man is is so many i think casual fans e even last year i think we had like 20 dollars in salary cap space and everybody's asking like are the Patriots going to sign Odell Beckham Jr.? And I'm like, no, there's literally no space to pay this guy. There's no room to pay, and you can't do that. But this year, even though they have the cap space, everybody's looking for kind of a good splash, and you know they're going to get some dude from, you know, the NFC West who's just like a fourth stringer, a practice squad guy. We're going to be like, who the hell is this guy? And we're just going to be so confused. But um, and there's a, you know, what about Julio Jones? Are we going to get Julio Jones? <laughs> I, I love. I mean, I would love Julio Jones. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would also love a million dollars in my pocket right now. I think it's a little bit crazy. I don't know who would give up Julio Jones unless um, he is just fed up with all those blown uh, losses. But, um, yeah, I don't know. The interesting thing about Belichick, and I've talked about this in my podcast too, is if you're a GM and you're looking at this difficult schedule, you got the, the Ravens, you got the, the Rams, the Chargers, um, there, there's a bunch of difficult games left. You're already two and four. You got all these opt-outs. You're getting a lot those opt-outs back, and you got this core nucleus coming back. Is it better to wait till free agency and go and get AJ Green, or do you want to give up a draft pick and get some other guy? And it's a good question to ask. Um, and another question to ask is: Is winning a Super Bowl even real this year? Now the Patriots are two and four. I'll ask that question, but um, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? That's a question to ask you. Do, do you think winning a championship would be the same without any fans in the stands? You know, I, I'm, I'm a huge baseball guy, so I'm ready to watch this, the, the World Series tonight, and hopefully we can – not hopefully. I, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the Rays, but I want, I'm, I'm excited to see the championship. Um, but I, I really – I think it's going to be very anticlimactic. Um, it, it, at least for me, my, my favorite part of championships is when everybody jumps all over each other. And yeah. at, at least in the sense of baseball, like, you're not going to see that tonight. You're going – or, or tomorrow night, you're going to see the six – and it, I just hate it. It just makes me quiver, <laughs> and it's very cringe. Um, but, at least they got some fans in the stands, but right. um, well, so to kind of add on, actually, uh, on first take, they actually brought up uh, how the Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay, um, and they were talking about how if that would play any influence, like with Brady and like that. So Stephen A. goes, "There's no fans. Don't even bring that up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, and I know I don't know who knows what could happen towards the end of the year if they do end up adding fans or something like that. But um, I remember after even even when the Patriots got that that win with Cam and it was really exciting. Uh, I was talking to to my podcast co-host and it was definitely something's missing. I think a big part of sports obviously is, is all the fans and, uh, and also during the playoffs, adding that pressure factor, it's, it's a really big deal. It just seems like they're playing in a, I mean, they're playing in an empty stadium. Um, that's why they call it home court advantage or home field advantage. Having that crowd on your side is a really big deal and it's hard to perform in those situations. So removing that factor, I think is, is uh, massive, even, even watching it as a fan, but um I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind if, if Belichick decided to just hold his stock for, for next year and, and load up in the, the, the offseason, get a couple free agents and not give up any draft picks. But um, I, I guess we'll see, man. We'll see. I mean, it's something where when you were bringing up with the fans and like that sort of stuff, especially uh, two, like not this past week, but the week before um, when Andy Dalton had, had his first start and we saw in Dallas that they were actually booing. Which, 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 which I, it, it was something where 
you you wouldn't have thought one that would happen in Dallas because I mean they're, they're one of the most loyal fan bases. But like to be able to have that happen when there's only around like fifteen hundred to two thousand fans in the stadium and you can hear the booing actually from the telecast, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And um, I'm bummed because it's also a big part of football season for me is we're season ticket holders, my family. And um, even though we're, we're the very last row in the stadium, it's still awesome to go and uh, tailgate. And, and that's kind of a huge part of the season. And uh, Darnell McDonald, I see, is this is exactly why I don't say these things, because they're just like you, you just see Boston sports going downhill. That's why you're making these claims. But no, I, I'm being serious. I said this after the Patriots win, too. Um, but yeah, fan, fans are a big part. But with that being said, I, I would love the Patriots to win the Super Bowl, but it would it'd be like a half of a Super Bowl. I would, I would say we have like six and a half Super Bowls if we won this year. I'll go with that. Yeah, 100%. I, I mean, that's the unfortunate thing about, about playing sports uh, during COVID. I, I mean, everybody's going to look at what, whoever wins in any sport as like a sort of an asterisk. You know what I mean? I mean, you could even say the same thing for the Lakers. I mean, I mean with, with the NBA Finals, as we've been talking about the crowds, like the crowd plays a huge role obviously, in those kinds of playoffs. Um, by the way, shout out to, to Darnell for uh, tuning in. Appreciate it, man. Um, but I want to ask you uh, about the quarterback situation going forward. I mean, for me, interestingly enough, I'm wearing a, a red shirt. You can't see it, but it's actually a custom uh, Jared Stidham shirt. Um, oh, nice. I was very, very into Jared Stidham uh, <laughs> before they signed Cam Newton because I, I was – honestly, I, I feel like a lot of Patriots fans – that didn't see Belichick going towards Cam just because it's not normally what Belichick does, um, in my opinion, yeah. just, just for, like, quarterbacks uh, in the sense. But what, what, are you, what are you thinking about the quarterback situation next season? Do you think the Patriots could sign Cam to an extension? And does Jared Stidham really have any sort of future? Man, the, the hardest thing about Jared Stidham, and this was such a difficult conversation to have in the offseason, uh, to understand if he was going to be the answer for the team and – I, I do lean on dudes that watch film and give opinions, but I, I do watch a little film myself. And he didn't really have anything in college that made him stand out. That was the hardest part. And when you draft a quarterback in the fourth round, that's that's nine out of ten times going to be a quarterback that really needs to learn underneath somebody. And he had that year underneath Tom Brady. But he's going to take some time to develop. And I guess one of my claims to fame is uh, I made a video way back about Cam Newton. I'm like, Cam Newton's going to sign with the Patriots for $2 million because I knew the market for him wasn't looking very good. And also Belichick was not going to pay for him. So that ended up happening. And um, it's interesting because I don't, nobody really knows what Belichick thinks. He, you don't know what he thinks about Jared Stidham and we're never really going to know unless he's put in as a starter. And the same thing with Cam Newton. I mean, is he going to continue to roll with Cam Newton? Has he seen enough to think maybe if we evolve this offense, he's going to be a great weapon for us? Or is Belichick thinking, have you seen these, these throws that this idiot's been throwing the past couple of weeks? We can't run with him for, for uh, the foreseeable future. So I don't really know. It's really hard to determine. I would love for Stidham to evolve, but there's really not – I mean, you have his preseason tape where he looked pretty good, but you can't run off a of preseason. We've had quarterbacks for us that have looked great in the preseason, and they've, they've been cut two weeks later. Um, so it, it's hard to say. I would like to see Cam Newton get signed for three more years, though. I, I'd, I'd be good with that, as I long as it was that. for the right price. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's, it's funny because, like, I, because I was so into Stidham initially, um, now now that, like, he everything has kind of rolled out and – 
it, it, it's very unfortunate because anytime he goes in, you know, I'm wicked cocky with my friends. I'm like, watch this, <laughs> this is the future. Then he throws a pick, and then, and then like, I'm, like, slouching down on my couch, like, are you kidding me right now? But when anybody asks me about Cam, I always go to the same logic that you do. I mean, as Patriots fans, we don't know what Bill's thinking, so we try to, we try to think about it with logic. And my, my evidence that I have is who has Bill paid over $20 million for, especially a quarterback? I mean, he wouldn't even pay Brady that. I said, so if you're expecting Bill to pay Cam $20 million, and you're also expecting Cam not to ask for $20 million? Like, I don't know what you're thinking. But I, Dude, think, I think two years is the perfect amount of time if they were to get a deal done. I think I think two or three years would be would be great, and I still don't think Belichick would offer him that much money. I think it would be something like ten million dollars, and yeah. kind of the um, I guess the silver lining in the Patriots being terrible right now is Cam Newton's going to hit the market, and let's say the the season continues in this direction, Bill Belichick's going to sit down on the table with him and be like, "Have you seen your throws on tape? I'm sorry, you want how much? Fifteen million dollars? I'll give you eight million dollars for one year." So that's that's like such a conspiracy, but it's interesting to think about with Belichick in that maybe he is looking at what's ahead of us and just thinking, you know, let's run with what we have. Um, we're getting Dante Hightower back, who's, who's so important next year. We're going to have a lot of core players back next year. Let's kind of just ride this out, and then we'll play for 2021 when this COVID thing is over. And uh, one more thing to, to add on to what you just mentioned in terms of paying quarterbacks, because I'm big on this. Um, yeah, he, he never paid Tom Brady much money. And I looked at a lot of the stats and there was, I think since like 1995, no team has won the Super Bowl when they've paid their quarterback. It was something like 12 or 13% of their salary cap or more. You look at all those things, all those Super Bowls, and it's like the quarterback made 8%, quarterback made 5%, quarterback made 11%. And once you pay one player too much, it hurts the rest of your roster. Um, so that's part of Belichick's genius is that he sat down with the greatest quarterback of all time and convinced him to take less money. For some reason, that's a knock on him. People like to say, well, he's not a good GM because uh, Tom Brady gave him a break. Well, signing great players to lesser deals is what makes a good GM in the first place. So 100%. I don't know. We'll see what he does with Cam Newton. It'll be I mean, it, it's so you, do, you just brought something up in my head because it was funny. Yesterday morning, uh, one of my professors said, she's like, so guys, uh, who do you think uh, – play more of a role in the Patriots dynasty Belichick or Brady I, I like looked at her I like looked up I'm like I'm like don't even don't even get me started. I'm like I'm, I'm like it's nine o'clock right now it's nine like it's nine o'clock class you don't want to be talking about Brady versus Belichick at nine o'clock in the morning um but I, I mean it's it's really going to be interesting obviously what the price range is because because I, I got the, obviously I got that 20 million dollar number in my head just mainly because I mean Cam's making 25 right now and just from how big-headed Cam usually is, you would have thought, like, he would have been like, oh, I'm, I'm up at the market as usual quarterbacks. But as we're seeing with his performance, like, he's nowhere close to that. But That's going to be like, interesting. Garoppolo That's going to be interesting. Back to, uh, just, just coming back to playing the Patriots, I got to ask you, do you think Belichick would rather have Cam Newton right now? Or do you think he would rather go back in time and still have Jared, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, that's that's a hard question too. Uh, I think he would have taken Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I think on uh, a deal that he would have liked to sign him to. I think looking at his deal now, I think he signed the richest quarterback contract at the time that he signed it. So that's obviously not a deal that Belichick is going to want to deal with. But that's an interesting question because I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is exactly uh, worth that money. I think we can all agree that he's probably not worth that money. 
from him. And who knows? Maybe they'll cut him. Maybe they'll look to, to trade him. Uh, it'd be interesting. I, I think Belichick would definitely be interested. But um, I, I got to look at his contract and if it's backloaded. Because if it's backloaded, Belichick is not, not going to want to pay him $25 million bucks. Right. Um, it would have been great because if you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, he never started in the league besides those like two games. So Belichick could have been like, if, if Brady were to walk at that point in time, he could have said, hey, we'll sign you a four-year deal, and it would have been kind of middle of the road. I think that's why Belichick wanted to pull the trigger. But the cat's kind of out of the bag. So I don't know. That, that's an interesting question. What do you think? Do you think he would trade for Garoppolo? I mean, I, I think I, it's, it's an interesting thing because, like, when, when he actually did trade Garoppolo, I think, I think if he could have a chance, yes, he would get Garoppolo back. Um, but, but when he actually did trade Garoppolo, I'm always, I'm always a big advocate of they, they should have traded Garoppolo when they actually traded Garoppolo because, um, I mean, they would have had to pay him a franchise tag, $17 million as a backup quarterback. Would have made yeah. zero sense. Um, yeah. But then there's also the whole conspiracy theory that Belichick uh, dangled Brady before he dangled Garoppolo. Did, did you hear about that? And that's why Brady's all upset. So who knows? Like, you know, who knows? I, yeah, I did hear about that. And I mean, logic would tell you, I mean, he, he was old even at that point. And it's it's crazy to see him performing as good as he is now. I mean, he does have a ton of uh, ton of weapons there. But even still, to be 43 and be playing this well, I think he leads the league in like multiple categories. So, um, but I mean, th- that's probably a good move to at least put Brady out there and see if they w- were to take him. But still, it was a rumor. So I'm not, I'm not 100% bought on that, but. Yeah, um, yeah. And oh, just to rewind. So you mentioned about the whole Tom Brady and Belichick thing. And I was thinking about that yesterday because I got a lot of comments on that. That's something that I want to make a comment on too. And um, I think and anybody who appreciates football understands that both of them are mutually uh, the greatest of all time in, in what they do. And the arguments that a lot of people are making is, I think, like I mentioned earlier for the GM thing and head coach thing, it's like, Every, every great head coach is going to have a great quarterback or is going to have great players to work for him. And, I mean, from a quarterback's perspective with Tom Brady, it's, he's done everything. He's been on every single type of team, offensive power, defensive power. He's managed games. He's thrown for the most uh, yards in a Super Bowl. And, of course, in that Super Bowl, fans were like, Tom Brady lost to a backup quarterback. And you're like, well, he threw for the most yards in Super Bowl history. Um, and they're like, it doesn't matter. You have to win the game. And the next year, he wins the game 13-3. to And they're like, well, his stats sucked. And you're just like, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know? And there's so many of those scenarios. But um, is that something that you've been attacking all the time, it sounds like? You had to deal yeah, day yesterday? Much. I mean, I, mean yeah. I, I was listening to um, – I think I was listening to Colin Coher. I think that's where I heard it. He was bringing up about how frustrated Brady looked against the Bears and about how – uh, all those penalties have really hurt them over the course of the season so far. And it was interesting to hear um, about how important it is. It doesn't matter about Belichick's – a lot matters about, obviously, Belichick's system, but it more matters about the discipline that, that of the disciplined culture that is in New England. And essentially how uh, in the Bruce Arians culture in, in Tampa Bay, like it's, it's sort of like they're, they're not nervous um, – to get yelled at for their coach if they make a mistake like like they would in New England, you know what I mean? So there's a lot more leniency. That's that's what uh, Colin was talking about um, in his point, and that Tom needs to realize that he doesn't have like that strong discipline culture anymore. So if somebody makes a penalty, then they're not gonna get they're not gonna get crap for it. And the stat that he brought, I don't know if I'm getting these numbers exactly correct, 
but the the Buccaneers had like 20, 15 to twenty more penalties than the Patriots had uh, so far in the season, and it was it it just really just pointed to the fact of how important just a disciplined culture really is. Yeah, no, I agree with that, and um, I know Bruce Arians is he, he's basically the opposite of Bill Belichick because he's somebody who. I think you get fined if you don't go to like your kid's soccer game or important events for your kids. So he's super laid back. And I think that was a big reason why Tom Brady was ready to kind of get out of the, the work, your work yourself down to the bones. And in new England, he was looking to get to a more laid back culture. And of course he cashed in as well, but it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how that team is, is put together in the playoffs. And I'm not saying if they lose in the playoffs, it's a bad scenario for Tom Brady, but I mean, if they go in and lose in the first round or they lose to the Saints, it gets stomped out. I mean, Belichick has put together such disciplined teams. And, and like you said, that's very important in the playoffs and in preparation. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how, how Brady and, and Arians kind of mesh together in the playoffs, right? So, um, I mean, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And, uh, and, and the hook might put a, uh, put a great stat uh, there on the comments of the records of – of um of both of the teams, but if I'm being completely honest, if Bruce Arians doesn't lead this Buccaneers team to a Super Bowl, um, I don't I don't know what he's doing. I I, th- I think a guy could sit on his hands and allow these guys to play, and the and the Buccaneers would make it at least to the NFC Championship. Yeah, and um, especially with I mean, they, they forget about it. Yeah, yeah, that's it's that's going to be interesting too to see if. How, how he's going to mesh into the locker room because Arians did not want to sign Antonio Brown. He, he point blank it during the off season. He said something like, like, no, we're not going to have him in the locker room. It doesn't matter what kind of money we're going to sign him for. So Brady must've really pulled some strings there. And um, I mean, we, we all know Brady really wanted him in new England, especially after Robert Kraft cut him or Belichick cut him. So um it, we know he has chemistry with Tom Brady, but is, is Bruce Arian, is he going to drive Bruce Arians crazy? Is he going to ruffle feathers? I don't think so. I think we'll be fine. Um, but again, this is like a sixth stint in the NFL. So well, <laughs> my, I don't know. So my, my point when it, when it happened was because uh, everybody was making a point. Oh, now he's with Brady. Everything's fine. Like yeah. Brady will be the reason why he stays out of trouble. I'm like, like he was with Brady last year. I'm like in the most disciplined <laughs> culture and franchise, like in the NFL. And, didn't work out i'm like i'm like so what explanation uh are, are you saying that bruce arians is going to keep him in, in check compared to in new england like what yeah i don't even think it's like um like a situational thing it, it's got to be more of antonio brown has been out of the league and he's had so many chances and he's got to realize this is like his last chance and we said that last time in new england you we thought it was kind of his death sentence in the nfl when he was cut by new england but like, A.B., this is definitely your last chance. You have to make this work. Uh, and also, he's got to realize that he doesn't have a ton of leverage. I mean, this is an already stacked team. If he's going to start to be a problem, it's pretty easy to let him go. They're already really, really good. So, I don't know. I guess time will tell. But um, we thought he was going to be good in New England. And pretty soon after that, he was shooting videos of, of cops at his house and making music videos and playing the fake, playing guitar fake all this stuff. So, oh my God. yeah, I remember he also got he also got like arrested for he threw like a rock at like uh at like a moving truck or something. It was something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, yeah, I think he like it was a truck driver or something. They got into an altercation. Yeah, I think he smashed a window. So, uh, well, he's, he's great. I had for you real quick, Eric, was uh, what is your prediction for the Patriots at the end of the season? 
Oh man. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if Belichick does make a trade, but I know I said they weren't going to, but I think the price has to be right. And Belichick needs to find somebody who is going to be on a two or three year deal or something like that. Um, if he doesn't do that, we're probably looking at, I mean, we got the jets twice. We're probably looking at a max of like six, seven wins. Uh, but I mean, if they were to add one or two guys, just guys that know how to run routes, get a little healthier, it's not crazy to think about nine wins, but a lot of things we need to bounce their way. Uh, they would need to, for instance, if they were to play a game like the Seahawks, they need to punch that in and get that win, but they've been close. So probably seven wins, but if they add a decent weapon, you know, maybe nine. Yeah, I, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, I predict at the start of the season, like nine and seven, ten and six. Yeah. Um, but uh, you're going to find this, buddy. I, I had a prediction of the Red Sox winning 36 games this past year. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> in, ter- in terms of me evaluating my, my my teams, I'm good at evaluating other teams, but I put a little bit of bias when I evaluate my own teams. But uh, I, I I'm thinking that the Patriots could honestly go uh, eight and eight, nine and seven. I think that I think that Cam's going to pick it up. I, I hope so. I, I mean, I, I think he I, I, now that he's got much more time to prepare, much more time to practice. He's got a chip on his shoulder. I, I don't know how you're going to be able to stop him. Yeah, and the play calling has been as as Cam, who's in the chatter, he was. He calls it very vanilla because uh, I mean they just didn't have any time to prepare, and you have a lot of new players and. That offensive line. There, there's a couple of weeks where you have backups of backups that are rookies trying to learn the position. It's going to be really hard. So. If they prepare more, they have more plays at their disposal. Um, I mean, with this defense, too, it's still a very solid defense. Who knows? Maybe they'll get to nine wins. Um, but they could definitely use a wide receiver. I'll just kind of leave it at that. Before I let you go, I, I just remember the main reason, other than the Patriots' loss, that I, want, that I wanted to get you on the show was, that, was because the Bills are next week. And it's going to yep. be a pivotal game. So I wanted to ask you, how important do you think that this Bills game is? Um, and do you think that if, if – the Patriots are able to upset the Bills. Do you think that they, that that can motivate them to potentially sort of get, get the tires kicking? Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's really interesting because the Bills played the Jets last week, right? And they didn't look all that great. Um, but I still think the Bills are a solid team. Uh, but the one thing that you can look at is how Belichick is going to put together a defense uh, against uh, their offense. And I think regardless, they're going to be in the game. I wouldn't call it an upset if they won. Um, but, yeah, that, that's a very important game. I, I think if they, uh, if they lose to the Bills, it's really not looking good. And that's when Belichick is probably, like I say, mail it in. But I think he's going to be more apt to not make a deal for a wide receiver um, and just kind of save his draft picks for this year. But that's going to be a big deal. But I think it's going to be a tight game. I, I would, I would probably predict that the Bills are going to be favored by like only two points. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Um, yeah, I agree. But that defense is going to be huge if they can, if they can really confuse. Uh, what's his name? Is his uh, quarterback's name is Josh Allen? Slipped my mind. Yeah, Josh Allen. If they can confuse him, which is very possible, uh, they they can they can definitely pull that win off. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's going to be a huge, a huge game, a huge matchup for the Patriots, and it's really weird going on Twitter after after they do lose and seeing those tweets first first time they have a losing game and since 2002 first time they've lost three games since 2001 it's like like I was two years old when that happened <laughs> yeah yeah no it's been uh 
it's been a hell of a run, man. But it's I saw the comment that they think Belichick's run is over. I'm not on that train at all. Um, and to, if you watch a documentary of him in Cleveland, he was still a very solid coach in Cleveland. I don't care what the record says. He was starting to turn that around, and they announced that they were moving to Baltimore. And they were a playoff team the year before, and they were going to get better, but that really crashed the season. He, he's still an unbelievable head coach. He's an even better GM, in my opinion. So um, it's it's going to be really exciting to see what he does uh, next couple of years. But they're going to be fine as long as he's around. So I completely agree, Eric. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. For everybody that is listening and watching right now, uh, go over to Couch Coaches. It's on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Go over and listen to Eric's podcast. And also go over to Instagram and Twitter and follow the, the Hauk, or uh, I'm sorry, the Hauk Eric. Perfect. There we go. Also, I'm on TikTok if you want to get weird as well. There we go. The Hauk Eric. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Definitely uh, have you on soon. Have a good one. Let's see you, man. Perfect. Well, I, I really I hope everybody did enjoy Eric's thoughts of the Patriots loss and their overall season so far. Um, it really has not obviously gone up to the standards or expectations uh, that a lot of people expected of this Patriots team. At least for me, I'm very disappointed in, in how the Patriots have performed so far this season, hoping that Cam and Belichick are able to pick it up uh, during the Bills, during the critical matchup that they have against the Bills. And honestly, kind of like Eric mentioned, I think it could be a make-or-break game for the Patriots, and it's one that they really do got to win. Well, I'm going to take a break real quick, and I'm going to come back around 4.15 to have Dennis Ackerman on to talk about the Raiders. Thank you so much for watching, guys, and I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.